hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy what day of the week is it? Thursday. Today right? is Thursday. They all kind of bunch together when you're having yes, fun, they don't do. they? Yeah, they sure do. I wanted to start the show off a little different today. Did you see the uh, the announcement the day before yesterday from President Trump? Did you get a chance to see it? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Well, I thought it was interesting, and nobody's really talking about this. Uh, when he came in, when he made his entrance, he played this song. Now listen. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of a people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. We'll be joining on the stage, we'll be strong and stand with me. Beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. It completely went over my head when I watched the uh, entrance, him and the first lady walking into Mar-a-Lago. And mm -hmm. it, it, he's a man of symbols. Everything about what he does has a meaning. And Symbolic, yeah. this was the, the song, Do You Hear the People Sing from Les Miserables. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Les Miserables, as they would say. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 the lyrics, I'm going to read the lyrics. It'll only take a second. Do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men? It is the music of the people who will not be slaves again. When the beating of your heart echoes the beating of the drums, there is a life about to start when tomorrow comes. Will you join in our crusade? Will you be strong and stand with me? Beyond the barricade, is there a world you long to see? Then join in the fight that will give you the right to be free. And then it repeats, do you hear the people sing, singing the song of angry men in the music of the people who will not be slaves again when the beating of your heart echoes the beating of your drums? There is life about to start when tomorrow comes. And it repeats the refrain, this was symbolic big time. 
I mean, yeah, it is. He, he walked in to this song, he, the first lady, and it was kind of drowned out when you watch it on television because the crowd was applauding and the music was kind of in the background. But he has tested this before. In September, he did an appearance, and when he made the stage uh, at this appearance, I think it was September 16th, it, it was much more in the forefront, the song. I think this is going to be something which is going to be heard quite a lot when he makes an appearance from now on. It's it's a rally cry. It's, Les Miserables is not about the French Revolution. People say it's about the French Revolution. The French Re Revolution was 1789, and when right. Victor Hugo was alive, there were a lot of little rebellions after the French Revolution that we don't know about, you know, mm -hmm. that we don't hear talked about. But they did happen. And in about 1834, there was a, a rebellion in Paris. Another faction wanted to start another revolution. That was put down, but that was the era of Les Mis, you know? So mm -hmm. um, it, it's really quite interesting. I've been to Paris. I've been to where they had the guillotines in Paris, where they used to behead uh, the enemies of the state. As a matter of fact... It's where I believe Marie Antoinette lost her head. Yeah. You know, uh, and now, would you believe it's a, uh, what do they say, a roundabout? A, a rotary? <laughs> it's yeah. a car rotary. Which I hate. I hate roundabouts. Oh, I hate them too. Different things, yeah. I hate them too, Bill, but but it, that's what it is. They, they, I think, have a plaque somewhere in that roundabout, but uh, it's not a place that they point out and take tours to, if you know what I mean. So... I think that Trump really was saying more than we were hearing uh, the other night. He really was. It was the rally cry. And even even things like the music. For example, another okay. little piece of music that we're going to play, okay? He, uh, he also did this. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am and family here tonight is such a beautiful thing. It's, two people say, how do you speak before so many people all the time? When there's love in the room, it's really easy if you want to know the really. You ought to try it sometime. <laughs> Together we will be taking on the most corrupt forces and entrenched interests imaginable. Our country is in a horrible state. We're in grave trouble. This is not a task for a politician or a conventional candidate. This is a task for a great movement that embodies the courage, confidence, and the spirit of the American people. This is a movement. This is not for any one individual. This is a job for tens of millions of proud people working together from all across the land and from all walks of life, young and old, black and white, Hispanic and Asian, many of whom we have brought together for the very, very first time. 
it's not for a conventional candidate. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. And now, I'll be on. Ahead, I'll be honest. When I tuned into the thing, I was having problems with the reception, so mm-hmm. I didn't hear the uh, you know the, the the opening song. But I do uh, remember him saying all that, you know, and saying you got to have love and 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 everything else. And I did. I think I pointed out to you the hold on, I'm coming. You know, there were a lot of symbolic things there, and yep. uh, it. Uh, I I heard it as. Folks, we got to get together. It's not a one-man fight. It is, and I don't like to use the word fight because uh, the left will go, oh, see, they're rallying up. They're going to insurrect. It's a rebellion. It's, <laughs> it's a rebellion. It's yeah. an insurrection. Well, no, it's it's not really that, but it is people gathering up and, and, and rising above and saying, wait a minute now, you know, and you've got to make your voice heard. you got to stand together. You've got to, it takes a spark to get a fire going. I think that uh, that announcement, we'll see if he gets that fire going, because that was the spark. They're trying already to downplay it. A lot of people, if you look at the mainstream media, oh, it was kind of a sad announcement. Uh, it what didn't have the impact that uh, he had hoped for. And uh, is this the same Trump from f- uh, five, six years ago? They're trying to minimize the guy. Uh, right out of the box, they're trying to make it sound like, well, he's yesterday's news. Trust me, he's not. Uh, and if you if you make the mistake of thinking that he's not someone that you have to worry about, then you're really uh, making a huge mistake. Let's just leave it at that. This guy knows what he's doing. Everything is planned, including the music. Every single word he said the other night, whether you liked it, he ad-libbed a few things. You you could see where he did his ad-lib. But when it came to the body of what he said, you know that every word was evaluated, was weighed. Do you know? I mean, he... weighed and measured. Yeah, exactly right. He had to, he had to be certain that everything that he said was on the mark and exactly where he wanted to take... Uh, the MAGA movement. Go ahead, Bill. Well, well you know, I was going to say, what's it going to take for people to wake up and stand up and rise up to say, wait a minute, this is not America. I mean, is it going to take? Oh, well, let's 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 just go back to the simple thing. The night that he did that, well, the mm-hmm. GOP won the House, and then we wake up in the morning. No, they didn't win with the House. Well, now we hear yesterday they we won the House. Democrats picked up a seat. There are uh, six out there, so even if we just hold it to 218, they'll have 217. All right. But what would happen? Just curious. Mm -hmm. If they won the six, they challenged an election that was close, and all of a sudden they took it, and that's the November surprise, surprise, surprise. Would, Would that wake you up? Or would you or would you just go? Oh, I think, okay. based upon what I've heard, the most people in the country, even Democrats, even mainstream Democrats, understand that this was not a kosher election. All was not well in this election. Look, if you're a Democrat and you're going, well, at least we won. We, we've got our agenda. You know, you say our agenda is it really your agenda? I mean, what do you really believe in? Look at what they're pushing. And if it was not a kosher election, and you kind of feel that in your heart, keep this in mind. Uh, there are there are bad Republicans, too. 
And if these two parties kind of co-mingle like, uh, oh, I don't know, two snakes, you know, maybe a friendly snake and a venomous snake, you've got a dangerous snake, you know, and mm -hmm. that's that's a problem. So they're not going to be doing what you want down the road. So you better figure this out now instead of down the road. It might be too late. Let's talk about some things that have happened that I think are distractions. We talked about it the day it happened, but that whole missile thing in Poland, mm -hmm. <clears throat> it happened on the day of our elections. And I'm sorry, it happened on the day of the announcement, excuse me, uh, of his announcement in Mar-a-Lago. And mm -hmm. we both said this is a distraction. It's yeah. a tragedy for the two people who died in Poland. No good, I was wrong. But they're using this to take some of the attention away from what Trump was doing in Mar-a-Lago, which was a big deal. Well, I, I think it was, there was a lot more than just the Mar-a-Lago because you got the Mar-a-Lago, Trump announcement. Uh, you had the, the, the flames starting to rise from the smoke of FTX, which is going right. to be something major. Now, one of the things that they're doing, they're throwing a lot of distractions out there. Well, see what happens when you deny an election? You lose. That yeah. doesn't have anything yeah. to do with losing the vote, friends. Maybe that's the proof that there that's is. That's true. Bill, and what they're saying is they're saying when you do this, you lose. We didn't lose. No. <laughs> we didn't lose. I, we got like 176. I think Trump was like 176 to 16 as far but as his endorsements. What they're doing is they're showing you in a very subtle way, just like Trump with his music, it's symbolic. Well, wait, you're ahead right now. Mm -hmm. You you won these seats. Mm -hmm. You're denying the election? Well, you know, that makes you a loser. Oh, surprise, we just pulled ahead. You just lost well, a few seats. There, look. Yesterday, pulled, by the way, yesterday they, they said that the House had uh, approved in a vote uh, Kevin McCarthy being the new Speaker of the House. Right. That's not... A done deal. Right. There were over 30 House uh, representatives who don't want him. That's a lot. Who don't want him as Speaker. And uh, Matt Gates from Florida said, I believe on Steve Bannon's show, it ain't going to happen for Kevin McCarthy. By the time it comes around in January, he says, I have the votes already. Trust me. Matt Gates said, to, to stop McCarthy from being Speaker. And a lot of people don't like McCarthy because he's he's a bit of a rhino. Oh, he's a bit. He's a lot of a rhino. And you got to pay attention to the people that are trying to tuck us in and make us all comfy yeah. and put this monster to sleep because they don't want us to, to see what lurks under this bed that we're laying in. And the other thing that's going to happen here, uh, when you catch somebody, you catch a thief, then they start giving up everything. Maxine Waters question on FTX and the funneling of money to the Democrats. Oh, she did her little tap dance up there. Well, yeah. uh, 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 everybody got money. And yeah. the Republicans are going, well, yeah, I got money, but I was going to give it back. Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> you walk into the store with a gun, you take money out of the cash register and you leave. <laughs> oh, I was going to return it. The only You're when a damn thief. That only happens when you get caught, Bill. You notice that they don't say I'm going to return it before they get caught. They only say I'm going to return it after they've been caught. So who got the money and where did it go? And if it went into campaigns 
to buy elections. And when I say buy elections, spend ads? Well, I'm sorry. That is my money, your money, Jim, and you, the listener, that's your money. Yep. Did you approve it? You know, we didn't get a vote into, oh, we're going to send this money to the Ukraine. Well, let's go buy that FTX uh, cryptocurrency. Well, now that we have the cryptocurrency, let's funnel that money over to the Democratic campaign, maybe some rhino Republicans. All right, let's get rid of the thieves. In their arrogance, after all that's come down with FTX over the last two days, mm -hmm. I think that uh, the administration wants another, I think the figure was $34 billion sent to the Ukraine. Bull. Don't they, give it to them. They, I agree. But they they are so arrogant. Here they are being called out for funneling the money back into their campaigns through the Ukraine, and they have the audacity to turn around the next day and say, we need to send $34 billion more over to Zelensky and his, his uh, regime. You know, they're not a democratic regime. It's really and truly more like a dictatorship in the Ukraine. Yeah, we have no business being there. And you know that missile strike, the distraction, yeah. it was an old, retired, antique Russian missile that was in the Ukraine, left yep. over from, from when the Ukraine was part of Russia. S-300, yep. Yeah, and it was fired. They, they've even said, well, nah, it was proven. We had satellites to know who launched it, when it was launched. We know the Ukrainians <laughs> exactly. launched it. So Poland's gone, well, you know, because of the charter. That means that we'd have to attack Poland and all of that because they, they, they fired it. I mean, uh, attack the Ukraine. So, well, the Ukrainians were defending themselves, and the missile went errant. I mean, it was a Russian old missile. It went errant. That's the excuse. Come on. Well, you know, Were they being attacked at the time that they fired the missile? No. So they had to be the aggressor in this. And... You know, only God knows, only God knows what really happened, because they sure as hell are not going to tell us the truth. And speaking uh, of God, I, I think this, by the way, this whole thing that's happening in our world right now is a mm -hmm. battle of good and evil. I truly believe that. That's that's an editorial on Jim Harrington's part. I don't. You don't have to agree. I just believe I, I that this is you. good and evil. I, I, I agree with you, but there are a lot of people that will, oh, their skin will crawl. I don't care. You know, and um, but, you know, if you have an ounce of faith, you got in the back of your mind going, well, yeah, maybe so. But and, and you know what? There's there's so-called Christians and even men of the cloth preachers and oh, yeah. women preachers, too, that would sit there and go, oh, no, no, it's not good and evil. You know, that will never happen in our lifetime. It's just a thing in the Bible. Yeah, well, right. So the Bible is is worthless. OK, let's do some thinking here, folks, if it's not really happening okay getting back to trump i think that uh, the guy doesn't need the job mm. the guy already has been president and when he was president the left and the mainstream media made his life for him and his family pure unadulterated hell the guy went through constant attack constant attack for the whole four years they impeached him twice they accused him of Everything from urinating in a bed in Moscow to... Which he didn't do. Which yeah. he did not do. The most obscene things, the most vile things they accused him of. And yet, 
we were still the most prosperous of that we've ever been. Go ahead, Bill. You had something you were going to say? No, I was just uh, putting my hands together as I listened here. Yeah, because it's, I have thoughts, you know. Yeah, he. We are in. We are in incredible times. This guy doesn't need the job. He doesn't need the fame. Heck, he was. He was the host of the, what one of the top ten TV shows for ten years. He was a multi. He was a billionaire. All right, I wouldn't say a multimillionaire. He's been. From a millionaire to a billionaire in his lifetime, he's made businesses that have, if you had one of his businesses that he has that has succeeded, you would be a success. He's got numerous businesses, numerous ventures that are successes. He doesn't need the job. And, you know, people look at him and they make, they kind of make fun of him. They ridicule him almost like he's stupid. This guy is, he's brilliant. He is a brilliant man. Whether you like him or not, you have to look around his life and see what he's built, and you have to realize this didn't come by happenstance. This wasn't a mistake. This wasn't just chance. He had to put things in place to make it happen, and he did. I keep thinking of the story in New York. They had an ice skating rink in Central Park for years. Uh, they couldn't get it done. They would have contractors come in. They'd get bogged down in something. And what was supposed to take only a few months wouldn't get done. Finally, Donald Trump kept going by it. He kept seeing it not being done. He said, what's the story with that ice skating rink? And they told him, he said, look it, we'll take care of it. And I think he got the thing done in like three months. And he got it mm -hmm. in an under budget. He got it done and under budget. That's the kind of guy Donald Trump is, and that's the kind of guy you want for president. I Yeah. Well, I, I think anybody that runs for president right now, if you can either elect a president or you can elect somebody maybe a little bit different than a president. Because he even said, look, that's you, right. you can elect a president. I'm not a president, but I can do this. Yes. But actually, he didn't say, I, actually, let me correct myself. He didn't say he could do it. He said, we can do it. We can do it yes. because it's everybody. It is. You have to sit there and step back. Look at the whole picture. Take every thought and notion that you have and then sit there, readdress what you're thinking. And don't go by the character assassination that's out there, uh, whether it's untrue, true or whatever. There have been many men throughout history, even in the Bible that, you know, might have had, you know, questionable backgrounds. Sure. If they were true. Apostles. These were, yeah. we talked about this, the apostles of Christ were fishermen. And mm -hmm. the fishermen of that day were like, you know, the cowboys of the Wild West. They were, they were rough and tumble kind of guys. They were a bit uh, rough around the edges. But they were dependable. You could rely on them being up at dawn to go out with their nets and, and be in the water when they had to be in the water to get the fish. These were special people. And, and you know, Jesus saw that. Now, I'm not comparing Trump to Jesus. Please don't start that. If you're saying, oh, my God, he's gone off the deep end. But I do think that there are people on this earth that are called upon to do special things by the guy upstairs, by God. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah, maybe, he works through us. He, does, he doesn't come down here. Well, maybe he yeah. does. Maybe he comes down and takes shape. Yeah. But he, he, don't, he works through us. 
And that's how it is. So you might wake up one day, and it could be something very simple to where you're going, well, you know what? I really, these homeless people, that's a problem. I, I'm going to take it upon myself to fix this. Yeah. Well, did you come up with that thought, or did some, some greater power call on you and put that notion in your mind and put that feeling in your heart? And let's be honest, when you want to do something positive, it is a notion and a feeling in your heart that you feel compelled that you and only you has to go out and do it. You've been called upon. The other thing you have to ask you, you have to say, well, why did he, why did he lose the last election? Maybe there's a plan there too. Maybe, maybe God figures, well, look at, you got to see the good and you got to see the bad to understand what's really happening in our world. You have to see it. A lot of people went through life watching their their football games and their baseball games and going to work every day and thinking about how they're going to pay the mortgage and haven't spent a minute thinking about politics. They just don't care. It's not part of their life. It's not who they are. Maybe what you've had to feel is the pain of the pumps, the the porous border, the people coming across causing problems in this country. Maybe you had mm -hmm. to see it before you realized that there are things happening in this world that are beyond uh, that, that that are beyond what you see on the surface, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you're going to see the talking heads out there trying to throw everything at us. And the big thing is, because they know it's an Achilles heel, oh, you election denier, you. Well, you know, there have been deniers all throughout history, and there's a reason for their denial, but they're trying to put that narrative out there, and they're doing it for a reason. It's a distraction from what's really happening democrats are very good when they get called to task on something they they back off mm -hmm. and they circle around and they ignore this yeah so you know i'm just suggesting don't don't quit being an election denier if you actually believe it was stolen and i do but maybe we don't talk about it quite so much and we go on to fight the other battles but you make a and good then point when the though. time comes you then when the time comes we can circle around and come back to it when the time is right. Right now is not the right time, I don't think. The media and the left over the last few years have made it so if you deny the election results, mm -hmm. you're unpatriotic, you're a bad person. They, they have made you, they've just about done everything but made you a, a, a criminal. And, and even that, if you look at uh, January 6th and the people who were down in the D.C. Gitmo, to some of our our friends, who they've been down there for almost two years locked away. I was reading a story, Bill, about one of the people who they locked away, one of the D.C. protesters who's down yeah. in the uh, D.C. Gitmo. The guy's got mm -hmm. cancer, and they won't give him the treatment that he needs. The now, guy has cancer. He's going to die. Is that is that the American way? Absolutely not. Is that the Christian way? Absolutely not. If Biden were what he says he is, I'm a good Catholic, I'm a good Christian, he would do something about that injustice, at the very least on a humanitarian basis. He would say, look it, we don't do that even to our worst, our worst uh, criminals. You, know, you don't let them suffer and to die in, in a prison. You give them aid. 
but they're not mm-hmm. doing it. They are. No, um, they're not. But let me let me ask you another question. Okay, right. so he became president, and then he lost, and now we're in this period of upheaval and turmoil. And let's say you you're wondering, well, why is he running? Why is he running again? Right now, he has his luxury homes, his golf courses. He's got all of his friends. He's got some time on his hands. He's got uh, the life that he wants to live. He's not under pressure to be flying to Europe or talking to foreign leaders or any of that stuff. He's not being attacked uh, uh, by the left and the media. I mean, he is being attacked, but he's not being attacked like he will be when he's president. He doesn't need this nonsense that he's that he's going to be running for again. If he becomes president again, uh, they're going to go after him viciously. This time Mm -hmm. they're going to want their pound of flesh. And so you have to ask yourself, why? Why is this guy doing this? And I think think you have to really, I think you have to look at the kind of guy he's been his whole life. He he used to make deals on a word, on a handshake. Okay, we're going to do this. We'll get it done by such and such a time. And he would move on. And he kept his word. He kept his word with the, with the electorate in the 2016 election. He promised us a better economy. He promised us a, uh, no wars or pulling out of wars. He promised us a secure border. All of these things he, he followed up on. Now he's promising that again to us. The same man is promising it again. Why would we doubt the guy? I'm just well, saying. You know, my take and answer to all of that is you have to look at the history of things. Uh, you've got to look at that, what he what he promised the first time and what he delivered and what happened to him. You know, we know that and what he's promising now. And we'll get to that. And then you look at the media and a question that I saw the other day. They were talking about Joe Biden because they're kind of taking this. Oh, the red wave didn't happen and everything. And we know there's something fishy about the election, but I'm not denying anything. It happened. So there it is. And now they're saying, well, Joe Biden's approval ratings are now going up, you know, and he's going to run for a second term. Now, the question came up. They said, well, what does he propose to do? And they said, well, he's going to sit there and talk about what's on people's minds to get elected. But then it's going to be about his legacy, what he really wants to get done. So in other words, damn what the people want. This is what Joe wants to be remembered for. So he's going to do whatever it is that he wants to do. Legacy. The difference between Joe and Trump, Trump did do what he he said he was going to do coming in. And if you're going, why is he running? I think he spelled it out. You know, he wants, he sees people hurting. He sees people suffering. He sees that things are not going right. He can't do it by himself. So he's got to get everyone together to where we stand up. And when I say rise up, I'm not sitting there going, go grab a get club the pitchfork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget yeah. that. I mean, you know, that, I mean, well, I was going to say, we don't have Frankenstein in the office, but actually, <laughs> yeah, maybe we do. Uh, but rise up. And make your voice known. There is another so, difference, Bill, between Trump and and Biden. Uh, Biden Biden got into office and became rich. He got Biden got into politics and became rich. Trump 
was rich, and then he got into politics. That's a big difference. Trump didn't need the money. Biden did need the money. Trump was not – he couldn't be corrupted. Biden was corrupted. And you're going to find out, folks. Don't believe me now. You can laugh. You can do whatever you want. But trust me, down the road, somewhere, you're going to find out just how corrupt this guy is. You know, well, he's he's pretty damn corrupt, and so is Pelosi, and most of the people in there. I I believe in term limits, uh, and and I think that uh, especially in the House of Representatives, you know, when when you're going in there, that's not a career. It was you're supposed to go in for two years. If the job wasn't done, you go in for a second two years. That's four years. If you can't get the job done in four years, what the hell are you doing there? And you know what? I can't blame entirely the politician because it's very easy for uh the electors out here us you and me yeah you yeah. sit there and go ah, oh, you know what i really don't want to bother with this and nancy's been in there i'll just re-elect her because it's a name i know yeah well are you happy you take this election everybody was going i don't like the gas prices i don't like high inflation i don't like the economy i don't like where this country's going you know, damn near 80% of the people. And you have to sit there and go, well, that happens to be our leaders that are in office right now. So you expect me to believe that you voted them back in? Only two possibilities there. You're stupid or you're stupid because they <laughs> stole it. So Trump what was kind talking of about are you? Are you stupid because you elected them back in or are you stupid because you're letting them steal it? Trump so, was talking about term limits the other night. I believe in that. I do too. He, he obviously he's looked around and said he sees the same thing that you see, Bill. Mm-hmm. He sees uh, no incentive for politicians to go in and fulfill their obligations and then leave because politicians figure the longer I stay in, the more I can, you know, the more familiar I'll be, <clears throat> the more familiar I'll be with the electorate. And the longer I will continue to stay in, they'll know my name. They will have seen my face. I won't be a stranger to them anymore. They'll vote me in over and over again. That's what happens. How many times have you looked at the ballot and said, uh, I don't know who any of these people are. I don't know who this is. Who do I vote for? Well, this guy, I think I've heard of him before. You know, I heard about him in the news. I mean, you don't vote for him many times because of their qualifications, many times it's like eeny, meeny, miny, mo, And these yeah. guys who are already in office figure, hey, listen, listen, if they know my name, I'll be the mo. you know? I'll be the one they pick. Um, yeah, well, look, you know, when, when you get voted into office, you're given a golden rake, a trash bag, yeah. and given a lawn full of mo- money to clean it all up and keep it. Because that's what you're doing. You're giving these guys the opportunity to rake it all in for as long as they live. And I don't know that we've seen the last of Nancy because oh, yeah. even though they say that we got Congress, I know that we, we had this discussion last week. You said, no, it's a done deal. This is the way it is. And then poof, you know, I don't trust a damn thing when it comes to Washington. Have you noticed? I don't. She's disappeared. I haven't seen or heard anything from her well, no, no, since no, no, before no. the election. Well, Nancy is trying to reflect on what she's doing. 
and it's the puppy dog pose. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. You know, yeah. they're setting up something that's going on behind the scenes. Let's talk about some things that are happening, Bill. Right now, we have this happening in the United States. People are starting to wake up. But let's look around the world, because this isn't just us. You already probably know about uh, Brazil. There are mm -hmm. still, on a daily basis, over 3 million people protesting their elections, supported by the military. And Bolsonaro is about ready to annul the elections and do them again. You know, they got the election. It was announced this guy, Lulu, is the new president. The people went out and said, like heck. They've continued to go out. Finally, they're going to do... So did Lulu run with Lala? I have no idea. Lulu and Lala. No, I'm kidding. I, I knew. It's the Bad disc joke. jockey in it, folks. The disc <laughs> jockey. Let me tell you another thing, okay? Um, 500,000 Mexicans were out on the streets Sunday in 15 cities to protest far-left President Lopez Obrador's plan to eliminate the National Electoral Institute and state-based electoral authorities and voter ID. Half a million people in the streets protesting there. So we got over 3 million protesting in Brazil, half a million people protesting in Mexico. In Berlin, that's Germany, uh, they're going to redo their fraudulent elections following long lines, no ballots, voter suppression. They had elections, and they had massive problems in Germany, too. They're going to do mm -hmm. their elections in Berlin over again. I mean, it goes on and on. It's not just us. And in Pennsylvania, Bill, closer to home, PA voters file lawsuit to delay certification after officials detoured from counting center into a closed building for six hours on Election Day. People who were supposed to, I guess, be monitoring. Let me see where they got the, the details right in this. Um, Pennsylvania election observers... Uh, filed a complaint against the Delaware County Board of Elections after county officials took a detour on election night with the county's ballots and V-drives into a closed building for six hours. Poll watchers were prevented from entering that building at the time. They're, they're complaining that there is corruption, it's obvious, and they don't want the vote certified in Pennsylvania. So when John Fetterman was down in D.C. checking out his office with his wife, it mm -hmm. might be premature. I'm just saying. Oh, they're already talking about him down there in the Democratic Senate. That the, Their job uh, is a three-tier job now to, uh, uh, to fix the economy and fight inflation. Uh, and they say, well, number one, they're going to tax the hell out of corporations, and that's true. Uh, they said they're going to approve Biden spending. So whatever Biden wants, he's going to get with this Senate. And then they said uh, the uh, the other thing is is um, uh, lowering health care. And then with that said, uh, you know, it's back to business for the Congress that's in term right now, still in session. They're quickly passing and sending to Biden for signature a cannabis bill. <laughs> you see, the economy, inflation, yeah. high gas the border, prices, all of this stuff yeah. doesn't mean a damn thing as long as you're stoned. Because if you're stoned, <laughs> none of this stuff matters. That's, that's true. CRN America. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. 
Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. The Voice of Freedom. CRN America. And we are back again. Uh, a lot of things going on. Boy, it's been an interesting show. Uh, I hope it's been interesting to our listeners, too, but we've had fun. I wanted to read this to you, Bill. I don't know whether you heard about this, but uh, Chuck Chuckles Schumer is oh, yes. at it again. Um he was That's out. A nice guy. He was out in front of. Uh, I'm not sure. I guess it was in front of the Capitol, and uh, he said, emboldened by another stolen election, Schumer came out swinging and called for blanket amnesty for millions of illegal aliens. And if you don't believe me, let's uh, listen to it from the horse's mouth. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, we have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them. Because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. Okay, do you find it ironic at all that... He would talk about the fact that, well, you know, we're not reproducing like we should be reproducing. Now, this is the same guy. These are this is the same side of our political system that vehemently stands behind abortion. They mm -hmm. they want to have abortion on demand. What does abortion do? It stops people from reproducing. He turns around and on, on the other side of his mouth is saying we should have these illegals. Uh, made citizens because we not we're not, we're not reproducing. Well, maybe you're part of the problem there, Chuck Chuckles. You know. Well, there's there's a lot of things there to unpack. Yeah, you know the the abortion issue, um, but you know I was reading a medical thing, and uh, it's a very known fact, especially here recently. Uh, sperm count in men uh, down worldwide, so it's a worldwide problem. What are we bringing in? I got to ask you a question, Bill. This is a little aside. Okay. How do they know? <laughs> I mean, no one's come by my house. How about you? I'm just Nobody saying. Nobody came to my house either. <laughs> you know, sir. Go. Can we ask you a few questions about your sperm? No. Uh, are you impotent? Uh, yeah. We'd like to know. Inquiring <laughs> minds, you know. Ladies, have you been talking? <laughs> Anyway, that's fascinating, though, that he would have the audacity to stand out there in public and, and say that we should make all of these illegals who've crossed our border. We don't even know who they are. By the way, if we wanted to do this, we probably would have a hard time finding them. They said, well, there's two million illegals. Now they're saying, 
over 10 million have come into the country. Have you noticed, too, you see a lot of it. Now, now we were seeing a lot of it before the election. The election mm -hmm. happened. It's like it went away. All these illegals that came over, and these were known people that were felons that are, you know, they, they're angry, and they'll just randomly be walking along and see somebody and beat the hell out of them. Absolutely. And them and kick them. They, it and these, didn't it happen in, uh, uh, what school was it in? Let me see if I can find the story. Uh, but there were a bunch of kids, I guess four kids were stabbed to death. This was at the University of Idaho. They, they And they have attorneys when these guys go and do stuff like oh, that. Oh, I know. And they're illegal and they get into jail. An attorney comes along and gets them out. Somebody needs to beat the hell out of that attorney. <laughs> you know? Go release some more after Bill, I would you please? Ass. Would you please tell me how you really feel? Oh, actually, no. It's, Don't I'm hold sorry. back. It's the medication. <laughs> I am. I'm sure. Uh, but it's happening with people being pushed onto railroad tracks. It's happening to pe uh, people in bodegas being being stabbed by illegals. We have an illegal go into a McDonald's and break break glass panels and threaten people with an axe. Well, see, part of that problem right there in that statement you just made is bodegas, and it's the Bogodas. Ask Jill. Oh, it's just true. It is the Bogodas. Yeah. Get your Bogodas together. I think I still have that cut. Bogodas. <laughs> there it is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, one more time, Jill. The Bogodas. Thank you very much. What else? As unique as the breakfast tacos. <laughs> a breakfast taco. Yeah, gotta love Jill. <laughs> she does give it her best shot, though. Well, you know, you know, she's Doctor Jill, so she should. Know. That's true. And she wants you to never forget it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know, I can't get the Bogoda out of my head. Thank I you, know Jill. the, the Bogoda. It does get. Uh, the thank you very much. <laughs> Another thing that happened yesterday. Speaking of the border and Bogodas, <laughs> uh, Mayorkas was testifying in the House, and Representative Dan Bishop was doing the questioning. He was quite good. And I, he has Mayorkas, he has Ray, and I believe the secretary of uh, the lady in charge of the board. I'm not really sure. I'll have to check on the third person, but uh, it, it's quite interesting. Listen. Secretary Mayorkas, uh, Mr. McCall said the border is wide open. Director Ray testified about an elevated threat of guns and money and um, drugs uh, across the border. Uh, Mr. Guest laid out a lot of the details about the record-breaking numbers, and, I, and he, he ended up having to talk more than get an answer from you on something. I just want to ask you, I, I've heard you in the Judiciary Committee recently in the summer testify that the border is secure. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. Right. Thanks, you sir. Have, so, you have remarkable... I, I, I get it. I just want to make sure that that's, it, that still is your uh, your assessment. It's Director very, Ray... It is, and it's very important, if I may. Well, I, don't, I, I know there's just not enough time for a lot of explanation, and you've got written testimony and so forth. I just want to understand that's your position still. I think it is a, uh, it is a, a, a position that denies reality. Respectfully, but I wanted to give you the opportunity to say no. I think the situation's changed, or something like that. Director Ray, uh, do you believe that the border is secure? Well, I can only speak to border security from our narrow lane, but but I can't speak to it from that lane. Uh, what I would say is that we see uh, significant criminal threats coming from south of the border, uh, whether it's guns, drugs. 
uh, money, violence. We see transnational criminal organizations uh, that are sending their drugs here and that are using street gangs here to distribute it, and that contributes to the violent crime crisis here. Uh, we've had takedowns just in the last few months uh, that I could give you as an example. You know, I'll give you just one quick one. You know, in Phoenix, we uh, had a takedown working with CBP, who are phenomenal partners, I should add, uh, where we seized in one vehicle interdiction enough fentanyl to kill the equivalent of the entire state of Pennsylvania. Yeah, for one vehicle interdiction. Thank you, Director. Ray. Director, I was a, uh, does the MCTC assess? a significant threat from the historic level of uncontrolled crossing at the southern border? Thank you. Uh, we don't, actually. Uh, border security is really important. If we look at the nature of the threat and how it's evolved here in the United States homeland, it's been striking how the evolution to lone actors actually reflects how much more difficult it is for terrorists to enter into the United States. We look historically at the kind of attacks we've experienced here in the homeland. None of them have been connected to um, major illegal crossings or otherwise from the southwest border. Right. That said, Director it remains a top intelligence priority. Director Ray spoke to that earlier about what has historically been true. It makes me mindful of the 9-11 of the, of the report, that chapter that said the system is, was blinking red. There was a failure of the United States government agencies to anticipate a, a threat that should have been obvious to everyone. So it troubles me that the official response is, we don't think that's much of a threat. We have an unprecedented number of people coming across the border. We, a lot of them are being interdicted, but released into the United States without enough scrutiny. A whole lot more apparently coming in without being interdicted at all. And the answer, the official answer is, mm, we don't think there's a terrorism problem there. It just hadn't happened in the past. I think, unfortunately, we're going to find out if it happens in the future. Well, he also said something interesting. Uh, I, I haven't got it, but I believe it was uh, Representative Bishop who said at the very end of his speech, he, he was again directing his uh, questioning at the time to uh, Christopher Ray, and uh, he said at the very end, I look forward to seeing you guys again in January. <laughs> like, like, you think this is tough. Wait until we're back here in January and we're in power and you really have to answer the questions. The lady talking was, I believe, Director Abizé. I, I don't know her first name. She's with the uh, CBP, the Border Patrol. Right. But it's interesting that, that Mayorkas, he lies easily. I keep saying that he lies easily. Ray was more honest in that he was saying that uh, there are people coming across and we can't get a handle on it. But even he wasn't really direct. For example, one of the questions that one of the panelists asked, one of the representatives asked, I haven't got the audio, was, were there any FBI personnel undercover in the Capitol on January 6th? And Christopher Ray became very defensive and started to go into this long answer. And the guy said, well, this, this is a yes or no answer. This is a yes or no answer, right? But he was trying. He was burying the answer in baloney. Okay, I'm, you know what I mean. BS. Yeah. He was surrounding it. What do they say? Baffle them with BS. That's what he was trying to do. And this representative was having nothing of it. They're starting to get, I think, a feeling that uh, there's going to be a new sheriff in town uh, in the Capitol uh, in January. 
and it's not going to be very comfortable for the wrongdoers out there, if you right. know what I mean. You know, FBI agents, CIA agents, uh, no matter who you are in the government, the one thing that I will say kind of in their defense, not totally in their defense, but kind of in their defense, and I kind of knew it, but I just found out for sure the other day, and we'll leave it at that. But if you work or have worked in one of those agencies, and uh, let's say that uh, Jim and Bill contact you and say, hey, we'd like to have you on the podcast. Oh, I'd love to be on your podcast. Sure, I would. Mm -hmm. You've got to actually go. There's a, there's an agency inside the government where you can't, you just can't be on the podcast because it's a violation of whatever you swore to do and say. But they will tell you what you can and can't talk about, and then you got to do the tap dance. And that means even like Bongino, there's, there, there, there's a, a limit to where he can go, and then he's got to toe a line, and he's got to figure out how to how he holds true to what it, what it is he believes in. He's saying, or he puts himself in in some kind of jeopardy. So that guy doing the tap dance, obviously, there's something there. They hit a nerve. So he guys like uh, Mangino and uh, Buck Sexton, who was with the uh, CIA, really not supposed to be talking. Really? So maybe that's why sometimes they qualify their their feelings. They don't give you exactly. what you hope will be the whole the whole answer. I mean, I think Dan Bongino does a great job, as does Oh, he does Buck. an excellent job. Yeah, but you also can tell sometimes, at least I can, that they're kind of doing a, a, a narrow walk, if you know what I mean. Because they have, once you're in the agency, man, you're in the agency. It's like being in the mob. Hey, look, you know, hey, we, you go out and have your, enjoy your life. Yeah, you can do, well, when you do an interview. You know what you can and can't talk about. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Capiche? It don't oh, boy. to happen to you in that interview or from it. You know, another thing we didn't hear about, Bill, you probably heard nothing about this, but when, when he was arrested and when things were happening to him, it was a big deal. New York federal prosecutors on Monday told the federal judge, based on information currently available on Rudy Giuliani, to the government, criminal charges are not forthcoming. Now, mind you, when they were bringing, when they were arresting him, not arresting him, but saying they were going to take him into custody, or they were going to, I think they raided his apartment or something for, for stuff. That was a big deal. But when they just let the charges slip away, crickets. Nobody was talking about it. Uh, it was a show. It was a show. Some people will say that it's not the results so much as the charge that's effective. They raided the house of so-and-so today. Mm -hmm. It was, uh, uh, the, the guys had guns and vests. It was a SWAT team. It was a big deal. That's all they really care about because that's mm -hmm. the lasting impression that people will have. Wasn't he arrested? Didn't they SWAT his house? Yeah. He must've done something bad. And that sticks, that sticks forever. And Giuliani, incredible guy, nice guy, but what can he do about it? Oh, he could sue, he could do this, he could do that. How old is uh, Giuliani? Got to be uh, pushing 80, you know, 78, right. 80 So years what's old. he going to do in his lifetime? Now, I hope he lives to be in his 90s, you know, late 90s. Yeah. But the point is, is at some point in time, there's fights. There's a time to fight and a time when you just say, eh, it's not worth it. You know, I'm going to be, I want to, I want to enjoy my golden years. And they know this when they do that. I figured that we would end today's show with, uh, with uh, kind of the way we came in today. We came in with Les Miserables, right? Do you hear the people mm. sing? I figured I've, 
I play as out, so to speak, with that because it is um, it's appropriate for the times. It's newsworthy. It was in the news. 833-538-7868. 833-578. Let's get that right, Jim. It's your number. 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. I hope you were writing that down because I got uh, lost I there for a second. Good. Yeah, yeah. Right here yeah. in my brain. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Or on the network, you've got mail at America. Dot com. Thank you. Thank you for I'll be here all day. The Voice of Freedom, CRN America.